This episode of Storylines is brought to you by the Directors Guild of Canada, Alberta District. The Directors Guild of Canada, Alberta District is part of a national labor organization which represents key creatives and logistical personnel in the film and television industries. Formed in 1982, the DGC Alberta District is part of a dynamic group of unions and guilds in Alberta representing directors and many other industry professionals on productions in our province. For more information, visit dgc.ca forward slash en forward slash Alberta. Welcome to Storylines, a podcast brought to you by WIFTA, Women in Film and Television Alberta. I'm your host, Sheena Rossiter. On this week's episode... As a coordinator, you wear a lot of hats. There's a lot that you have to be good at. We're in conversation with production coordinator Megan Wesselmajor. With my desire to learn as much as possible, I use every opportunity to fuel my desire to learn something new. Megan has always had a passion and love for film, but she got into the industry in a less traditional way. It was an online job ad as an executive assistant that got Megan into the industry, and a few years later, and after a lot of hard work, she was well into television production in Canada. I think that a lot of people think it's a weakness to make a mistake. I believe that is incorrect assumption. It shows incredible strength and confidence to say that you were wrong. Now based in Calgary, she's used to spinning lots of plates. She's worked as a production coordinator on large projects like the FX series Fargo that can be watched on Netflix. What a day. If that was me, (laughs) I would have killed that man. If you don't stand up to the boss, the wife, you're just going to get washed away. She's also worked on high-budget Hollywood films like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. (laughs) What is that? I don't know. And the Disney Plus film, Togo. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. As we mentioned, you didn't go down the typical film school route to get into film. How did you get your start in the industry? I always had a passion for television. From a young age, I watched an incredible amount of television. To my parents' chagrin, I don't think they appreciated how much time I spent in front of the TV. But I had a passion for hearing stories and wanting to be involved in the creation Of course, like every young kid, I wanted to be in front of the screen. But once I learned more about what the different roles were in production, I found so much of it fascinating. So I started out in Toronto. I went to school for communications and humanities and was struggling to find a job in the film world. I had taken some film classes at university, but I definitely wasn't someone who could pick up a camera and start shooting. I wanted to learn more about it, and I think getting a job and doing it was going to be exactly what I needed. I applied for a job on Kijiji, and the connection I have with Alberta actually worked to my benefit. The HR recruiter, who probably at that time uh, got about 1,500 applications, 
for an executive assistant position to the president at E1 Entertainment in Toronto. He picked me because he was from Alberta, as well as the president, whose name is Darren Troop. So when Darren and I met, he, we clicked it immediately, and he ended up hiring me, and I got my start as an executive assistant to the president of E1. I got to see from an umbrella standpoint how to run a successful multimedia organization. Television, where my heart is, will always be. I got a position as a production coordinator about two years later at E1 in the Canadian production side. So I got my start over a couple of years and I learned a lot. So then how did you get into being a production coordinator? And ultimately, how did you end up back here in Calgary from Toronto? My decision to move back to Alberta was purely based on my need to grow in this industry. And I thought I needed more experience working firsthand with physical production, getting my hands dirty before I could really know where I belonged in this industry. As a coordinator, you wear a lot of hats. There's a lot that you have to be good at. And it's really problem solving and making sure that things are done as, uh, as efficiently as possible. So when I moved back to Alberta, I used my amazing connections at E1 to get a meeting with the PM of Hell on Wheels. Uh, we got along really well and she gave me an opportunity kind of as an entry level in the office, which I was so grateful for. I learned a lot from working under her and the team of Hell on Wheels. What does a production coordinator do exactly? The production coordinator is basically first one in, last one out. We have to be masters at setting up an office and masters at wrapping an office. So being a very nomadic culture in Alberta, we find great spaces, usually the ones that allow short-term leases, and we start from scratch. So we put in internet, Xerox, phones, furniture, you name it. From the ground up, we're putting things, my team and the coordinator is putting together all of the stuff that you need to actually work from. And then, of course, accounting comes in and then the uh, and everything else kind of spirals from there. A lot of other departments get started and, and uh, are requiring things. So we help them do their jobs as best as we can. So we do shipping, we manage travel immigration of cast and crew coming in, housing, you name it, legal. We talk to studios, if it's a studio show, I deal with insurance and fun equipment, like getting stabilizing heads and camera cars organized and second units, you name it. Like depending on the production, our jobs are never dull. How do you deal with that kind of stress? That sounds like you're spinning a lot of plates constantly. How do you deal with all of that at once? I think it's almost like fuel. With my desire to learn as much as possible, I use every opportunity to fuel my desire to learn something new. And if I fail, you know what? It's a great opportunity to learn how to fix it because a lot of those things you just don't get taught unless you do them. Every day being a new adventure is something that, that gets me out of bed in the morning. So in a way, you're kind of failing forward. What's one of your biggest failures that you've ever had as a production coordinator? Tell me about that moment. Oh my gosh, yeah, that, that's a good question. I have been working on these big blockbuster series and movies for the last few years, and I can't tell you how important the Alberta crews mean to me and how important they are to 
having a great system in place. Really, we are an incredible machine that keeps things moving. When large studio shows come in, they often bring interesting characters with them. And dealing with difficult people is one of those skills that you need to craft. <laughs> and I did have a moment where I had to stick up for a crew member of mine because there were, were mistakes made and it could have resulted in me losing my job. And I regret some of the things I would have said. And you know, when you play conversations back in your head, you're like, God, I wish I'd said it this way. But it's all about crafting the best response to dealing with difficult people, especially when it comes to mistakes that have been made. I feel like it was something that I will learn from the next time I have a conversation similar to what was had. Can you go into details of what happened? It was a mistake that I had made, and it was sensitive information that shouldn't have been shared as widely as it did. And we had to clean up this mess into the wee hours of the morning. Me taking accountability, you know, I think showed them that I am willing to take responsibility for what happened and then move on and, and uh, try to fix what happened. So we, we stayed up quite late trying to figure out how to fix the problem. And uh, it did get worked out. It didn't get fixed 100%, but I didn't get fired. <laughs> and I was able to come out, out of that with a bit more knowledge about what to do when faced with that the same sort of issue. How important then is it to own up to your mistakes when they do happen? Because we do work in media of its own sort that you can't really hide from mistakes because they will come to light. Always take it as a learning experience and accountability is an incredible tool. I think that a lot of people think it's a weakness to make a mistake and I believe that is incorrect assumption. I think it shows incredible strength and confidence to say that you were wrong or to say that you know you were the person responsible and not only does it show that the person you're interacting with that they can now respect you and trust you more it creates this incredible relationship that I think yeah, at the time might be scary but will continue to grow in a positive way. Let's talk about some of the productions that you've worked on. Calgary does get quite a few because of the stunningly beautiful landscape most recently, you did work on the FX series Fargo. Tell me a little bit about what it was like working on that production. You okay there, Bill? Wife made spaghetti for dinner. Seemed a shame to barf it up. Fargo was one of the most incredible experiences of my career so far. I can't say anything bad about it. It was tough. I was working as a trainee production coordinator. This was my second job in Alberta. And it was nerve-wracking. I, I, to say the least, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, but all of the producers were incredible. Do you have any fun stories? Yeah. One of the most amazing stories is within the first couple of weeks of the main cast getting in. And, and as some people might be familiar with, Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman, Colin Hanks. It was star-studded first season for Fargo. And it was all very exciting to know that these people would be coming through our doors. Being uh, the trainee, I didn't think my, my relationship was going to be that strong with these people. One day, got got a visit from Billy Bob Thornton, came into the office and said, 
you know, Megan, where's a good place to go bowling? I can't do the accents, terrible. And he wanted to have an event where he would have people come um, as a thank you for the first two weeks of him settling in. And I said, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to help. And so his assistant and I planned the event over at an establishment in the Southeast in Calgary. And he invited only 10 people. And one of those people was me. And I was super excited and scared. (laughs) What everybody then wants to know, is he any good at bowling? He was very good at bowling. And I guess this is something he does on every show. He likes to have everyone connect with each other. It was an incredible experience, super surreal. I bowled with Allison Tolman, who got her start on Fargo. She, If anyone doesn't know about her, please IMDB her. She's incredible. I got to be on a team with Allison and play right next to Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. And like it, I was smiling the whole entire night. It was a night I'll never forget. So when you do work on these productions, because we work in an industry where it is a gig-by-gig economy, it's a project-by-project basis, when you leave these productions, is it almost like you had a Fargo family because you work so intensely, so closely together for a short period of time, and then it's over? Yes, definitely. Within the Alberta community, I have made some incredibly amazing connections and forever friends in in this industry. Since you've come back to Calgary as well, you've worked on other huge Hollywood blockbuster films, one that will be coming out here in the next year, Ghostbusters Afterlife. What was that experience like? Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. (laughs) What is that? I don't know. It was super interesting. I'll have great memories of that production. Being chosen as the location to shoot Ghostbusters, which is, you know, a childhood movie that I watched probably half a dozen times before I was 12. I'm so blessed to have worked on it. I learned a lot. There was a lot of complicated moments to juggle, but I I really enjoyed working with Jason Reitman as a director his love for the content and following in his dad's footsteps created an incredible an incredible story. And it's full of action, full of adventure, full of love and family. And I think people are going to really like it. So for people who are in the industry or looking to further their career in the industry, when you go from, say, a smaller production where you're a production coordinator on a short film or something that's more smaller, lower budget, and then you take that step up to something that's more Hollywood level, that is a lot more money and there's a lot more going on there. What's the advice you would give to a person so they're not so overwhelmed in coordinating everything that they have to get done? The best thing to do is to make a list and organize your life on a big calendar my favorite thing to do when I first start a show is lay out the entire either days on a feature or days in an, each episode so that you can see it laid out. So you know how many weeks you have to prepare for you know this big stunt and you know how many weeks and where you're going to be that needs this specific thing like a satellite phone. If you know that you're going to need paramedics on certain days, laying it all out makes you feel so much more calm and confident about tackling the next step. 
What strikes me of your position in a production is that a production coordinator tends to be the person that always gets confronted with the bad news. Does that get you down ever? Yes. (laughs) I will not lie to you. It sometimes is very disheartening to know that something didn't go the way it was planned or something was forgotten about. Again, it's sort of that fuel that I was talking about. You take it and you go, okay, I'm going to, how do I fix this problem and delegate, organize, timelines, communicate, and then you just, you brush it off because you can't let it destroy the day or destroy your confidence. What do you do to accomplish a work-life balance? Because your days are so long and so intense and you deal with so much pressure and stress every day. What do you do to have a work-life balance? My partner is a actor. So he definitely understands my timelines, the day timelines. So it's nice to have a partner that can deal with the stress that the long days can put you under. Having days where I completely disconnect and find balance in seeing loved ones and friends and making sure that those connections stay really important because mental health is is a very important thing to me and I want to continue to work in this industry so you have to have a balance and boundaries with the with the production that I'm on and I'm slowly getting to that point in my career. I wanted to ask as well you worked on the Disney Plus production Togo for people who don't know that production what's it about and what was it like working on it? Intelligence, stamina, courage, and heart. Togo is a Disney Plus, one of their first streaming adventures. So Disney Plus came into market within the last few months and Disney had never shot in Alberta before. And Togo is based on a true story of the famous dog named Togo. In 1929, Leonard Sapala, who was his musher, and Togo were able to help complete a serum run. So it was a relay of passing the cure for diphtheria onto an, an, um, from where it came from to uh, uh, Nome, Alaska. And Togo's story, because he was the middle dog, was kind of glossed over. He was the rent of the litter. It's his story of overcoming the odds and doing the things that everyone thought he couldn't do. So it's a really heartwarming story, very Disney. Uh, Willem Dafoe played Leonard Sapala, and we had these incredible dogs that were trained by our local trainers as well as trainers based out of Atlanta. We had to have a puppy scenes, so the puppies were incredible to have around. Very noisy; they would they would constantly bark, but they were really great to have around. And animal therapy, I think, is needed in most offices. And at the end of the production, we were able to get those dogs adopted locally and and uh, through Disney. So it was uh, it was a great experience, great feeling. Amazing. When you're working on projects, how long do they tend to last for more or less? And are you ever concerned about getting more work in the future? Very good questions. Ghostbusters was around nine months and it was a very long period of time to be working. I had not stopped working since Togo. So Togo led to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters led me into this Amazon Prime series that kind of 
stopped right in the middle because of, of course, COVID-19 happening. I'm eager to work on these amazing productions. So I could have taken a break, but because Alberta has minimal productions to get involved with currently, we don't have the same infrastructures as Vancouver, Toronto. We have to take those projects when they come. Um, I'm positive that producers and creators and directors and talent will come to Alberta and see its magnificent locations, fall in love with it, and realize that they can shoot here and it can be Texas, it can be Alaska, it can be New Mexico, so many different locations. Uh, we've got an incredible vast landscape from mountains to prairie to the hoodoos and bodies of water. No matter what, Alberta will always be successful because there's an incredible location. Things have changed drastically with COVID-19, the pandemic happening globally. Do you think what production looks like is going to change in the future when we come out of this pandemic? And what do you think it's going to mean for your job? Do you think your job is going to look different in the future because of social distancing measures and just a new way that we'll all have to live? Content is not going to slow down. Content creation is so important right now. And I'm feeling that from Amazon Prime. I'm seeing that from Netflix, that the desire to create content, to have content ready for people is super important. And I believe that there will be a mad push at the end of this whole event that people in our position in Alberta should grab hold of these opportunities and, and make content. My job specifically will likely just get, I'll just get busier. That's my hope anyway. I'll just continually work in the province that I love. Hopefully we're able to find some normalcy when this is all said and done and we can all come back together and, and uh, create content. Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh no, thank you so much for having me. I'm Megan Wesselmajor, and these are my three tips for starting out in the industry. Number one, I call it the two abilities. Perfect the art of reliability and accountability. Being reliable shows you're trustworthy, and being accountable shows you're eager to learn and constantly gain skills from the mistakes that are made. I respect those two traits in crew before all else. Number two, curiosity. Never stop asking questions. The more you know, the more confidence you gain. The more you ask, the more your relationships you build. This business is all about connection. This is a great skill to learn and to gain mentorship from some seriously talented crew. Number three is boundaries. Starting out a new path can be a nerve-wracking experience. As a woman, I've been told numerous times to say yes to all requests to prove my worth to keep up with the pack. This can be exhausting, as we all know, and tough to maintain on a day-to-day-to-month-to-month-to-year-to-year basis. The trick is to find balance. Find boundaries between what you can accomplish without sacrificing your mental or physical health. This is a tough tip to achieve, but learning to set those boundaries will help in the long run and set you up for a great long career. That's our show for this week. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 12 of Storylines. Storylines is a Women in Film and Television Alberta production that's made possible with the generous support from Alberta's Ministry of Culture, Multiculturalism, and Status of Women. Special thanks to FAVA for its support on this production. Thanks very much to this week's guest, Megan Wesselmajor. The show's executive producers are Elise Graham, Ava Carvinen, Samantha Quantz, and Teresa Winnick. Shannon Giles is our associate producer and social media coordinator. The original storyline's theme is composed by Aaron Macri and Laura Rabode, And I'm your host, senior producer and audio technician, Sheena Rossiter. Make sure you tune in every week to catch the latest Storylines episode where you can hear interviews and get tips from leading women in film and television. You can check us out and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, follow your Storylines. We can't wait to see where they lead.